Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project podcast, which I'm recording right now at 7.20 in the morning. A few minutes ago, I got back from walking Bruno, and uh, we went a more, like, suburban route than usual. It's It's the new route that I'm trying to get him used to. It is the alternative route to, like, a more commercially South Beach uh, route that we've been taking for forever. The reason I'm trying to get him acclimated to this new route is because he's kind of difficult. I can kind of only take him out super early in the morning, before dawn, before other people are on the sidewalk. Because for one thing, he's like very, very curious. But almost worse than the curiosity is he's just very, very social. And every time he sees a dog, he gives me a look and he's like, oh, yo, let's go smell that rectum. He starts walking toward the dog with like his belly grazing the floor. So his center of gravity is super low. And if he wants to go in a certain direction or if he wants to sit put, I kind of have nothing. I have no say in the matter. I can pick him up kind of by the back of his harness. But if I do that, he goes completely slack. And even attempting to do that, if I'm just trying to like reposition him so that he'll go in a different direction, something weird has been going on in this neighborhood because now there are all these laminated sheets taped onto local signposts and lampposts and stop signs. And the sheets have like big, big red boxes of texts and photographs of animals. And they say in very bold lettering, local residents are out of concern are reminding people in the community that animal cruelty is a felony. And the photos of animals are mostly photos of cats. So I imagine, most likely, someone is killing cats or kidnapping cats. But the first few days that I saw those posts, I was like, fuck. Someone saw me pick up my Stephen Hawking dog. So I'm trying to walk him on a certain route and at a certain time of day where there aren't many social distractions. But then there's also the obstacle of his curiosity. Just today, we were doing that suburban route and there is this stretch in the suburban route. I'm not going to try to really describe the scene in detail, but suffice to say that there is a very thick, tall hedge. Behind the hedges is a wall and like the three feet of empty space before that wall that encloses an apartment building. And I was walking Bruno past it and he starts sniffing at the hedge and kind of nosing his way deep into the hedge. And I really don't like when he sticks his face into a bush or a hedge because I don't know what's in there. Incidentally, if you hear snoring in the background, that is also him. So I don't know what's in there and if he's intrigued by something, he will eat it. And I'm sort of pulling at the leash. He's ignoring me. So like I get down on one knee and I take hold of his harness, but in order to do so, I have to lean around the hedge. And when I lean around the hedge, I see what it is that he was so intrigued by, the thing that he was investigating so doggedly. You want to guess what it was? The thing that he found so interesting? I'll tell you what it was. It was a man. It was a homeless man, and he was alive, and he had his he had socks and sandals on his feet, and in his hands, he had his penis. And I couldn't see it, but it was, both of his hands were in, like, very loose sweatpants and there was fondling going on and he was staring into the sky and he was talking. Couldn't really pick up the words because I had my earbuds in. I don't know who he was talking to or what he was talking about. 
I don't know if he was conversing with the dog and the dog with him, but I saw it and I didn't quite scream. I'm not the kind of person who screams when when he gets startled. Instead, I do like a <laughs> like an ejaculate, no pun intended, like an ejaculatory. <laughs> it's kind of like a sentence, and I think it, like instinctively, my reptilian brain is shooting out a sentence like, hey, "Don't hurt me." Anyways, I pull Bruno away from there and get him back to the apartment. And I was so frustrated and I was so embarrassed, and I was like, "Great, now we need a different route from that one." And yes, you could say, "Oh well, just when you get to that part of the route, cross the street. Don't let him get near that particular hedge." But th this is Miami Beach. Any hedge could be harboring a masturbating man. Might sound like a stretch. I don't have the data, but I'd be willing to say most hedges on South Beach harbor a masturbating man. The real catalyst for pursuing this new route is that most mornings, when we're out and about, we keep encountering this same woman who's kind of disturbed. Again, I try to take him out before dawn, so we're usually out there at like 6.10, 6.15. Each lot in this neighborhood is an apartment building, either two or three stories, and there are dumpsters on pretty much every plot of land in a three-block radius. And two or three times in the course of our walk, we catch emerging from one of those alleyway dumpsters this woman, who I would say is in her early 60s, I think she looks older than she is because she's out there among the elements. She's always wearing a hand, what looks like a hand-knitted beanie, which, and she's wearing a tank top and a long cardigan and a long skirt and big kind of black-rimmed Scorsese glasses. I'm not sure that she is homeless. Marie is certain that she is homeless, but I only, I usually only see her very, very early in the morning. She's coming out of the dumpster, and for a while I thought, oh, she's dumpster diving. Maybe she's looking for food. More likely she's looking for like clothes and shit. There's a couple people who do that in the area. But then I realized in her big tote, her big like overstuffed tote bag that she lugs around, she sticks her hand inside and comes up with like a, a fistful of cat food and she sprinkles it around and the cats swarm in around her. And Bruno, as I might've mentioned, is uh, he's got he's a rescue he's got scars all over him he's obviously had some trauma he does not particularly like men and he despises men with very long beards he's very cool with women i've never seen him bark or snap at a woman except for this one this is the only woman at whom i've ever seen bruno lose his cool and usually it's because whenever we pass her whenever she sees us she comes lurching out from whatever shadowy corner or hedge she was behind. She comes scrabbling up to him very swift, and she's wringing her hands together, and she's going, She's doing baby talk, and she's trying to just grab him, and pet him, and, and be loving and tender. But I don't know if she's aware that, to this dog, she just looks like a shadow. She just looks like a predatory shape, racing out of the pre-dawn dark to grab him. And so he rears up on his hind legs and he barks in her face. He's never snapped at anyone that I have seen. He just does that. He's very muscular and he gets up on his hind legs and he barks right at people's faces when he feels threatened. And this woman makes him feel threatened. And so there were several consecutive mornings where we would cross her path, she would scare the shit out of him, and then I would be like, miss, no, I'm sorry, you can't pet him. And of course, it's a horrible adrenaline shock when suddenly he's jolting around and barking and we, everything was so placid and dark and quiet like a second prior. So I feel like I'm more curt with her than I would otherwise be. And I'll be like, ma'am, no, stop, please. And sometimes, like, we'll take a certain route and we'll encounter her and then I turn and we go another direction and after zigzagging through the neighborhood, just as the sun is coming up at around 6.40 or something, she'll appear again because she was crisscrossing in some other direction and literally this will be 
15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, and she seems to have completely forgotten. And she comes at him again, and he barks at her, or he scrambles away. And there have been a couple of times where I snap at her too, and I'm like, ma'am, can you stop? What are you doing? Don't touch him. He doesn't want to be touched. And then she looks really bitter, and she like scrunches up her face, and she makes balls of her fists. She does like a kind of the way a little kid when they're indignant, they deploy the obstinate body language that they have seen in cartoons. That's what she does. And she balls her fists, and she pulls her cardigan shut, and she huffs away with these big declarative stomps. So obviously, she's got some issues. I did resolve after a while, like, okay, if I see her again, if she approaches Bruno again, I'm just gonna be like, ma'am, what's your name? And just try to talk with her and like level with her, maybe even invite her to get close enough that she can see where Bruno's got these scars on his face and on his shoulder. Just so she can see like it's not personal. It's not personal from him or from me. It's just that he's like really sensitive. Whatever. Just give her, just like try to be polite and explain and maybe cultivate just enough of a relationship that in the mornings when I see her, I can say like, hey, Jane or whatever her name is. But every time I have resolved to do that, it never works out. Usually because she ends up just scrambling ahead of us and scaring the shit out of the dog, or she scares the shit out of me. And I end up just being frustrated and, and saying something I forget, not like a personal insulting thing, just the warning shoots out of my mouth like, oh, what the fuck? No, stop, come on. And I end up feeling bad about it because clearly she has a problem. She appears to be homeless, I guess. Anyways, that's why we're on this new route. And um, the other day, shortly after I resolved to start taking that new route, I saw this woman in broad daylight for the first time. And I don't know, I've maybe seen her 30 times prior to this, but seeing her in broad daylight, I saw that like her legs from uh, from the knee down, like uh, they have like that marbled glistening look of skin grafts or severe burns. I don't know if that's because she spends most of her life out of doors or the entirety of her life out of doors, or if once upon a time she had like a real she was injury with fire. I don't know. I feel so conflicted. And when I see her and Bruno's not around, she's like very withdrawn, very shy. And it seems like the only thing that draws her out of her shell, like not just shy, but like paranoically shy, the shyness that you see among homeless people sometimes. And that seems to reflect some of the abuse they might've faced on the street and exploitation. It's a look, not just of skittishness, but of kind of universal distrust. And the only thing that seems to sort of put a crack in that is when she sees the dog. And also you've got the context clues of her feeding cats. And if she is indeed homeless, maybe this means that whenever, if she panhandles or something, if people give her a few bucks, or if maybe she gets a little money from the government somehow, she is spending a portion of the what is presumably the very little money she has to buy food to give to cats that are not her own. It's a very sad, like, situation. I don't really know how to deal with it except to just try to get a grip on my own reactions and um, try to be polite periodically when we do cross paths. Anyways, that's it. I wanted to get this off my chest. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.